0: May God bless you for your presence here this morning. Happy Mother's Day. We all appreciate in some regard or another the role of motherhood either by having a mother or by being one. So God has ordained that in a I appreciate that role. The Lord has not led me to bring a Mother's Day message here this morning. But if I look back on the times when, and I appreciate my wife and her ability to be a mother and carry out that responsibility because in earlier years, there was a time or two I had the chance to be a mother it did not go very well, even for part of a day. It just was not um, a thing, and it just helped me to appreciate a little more of their ability to carry that out day in, day out, and that uh, that is a blessing upon our lives that we have. And probably many of the story could be told of individuals who uh, came back, maybe from a prodigal type of lifestyle, and they maybe had a broken home experience, they would often attribute the influence of their mom to their ability to return and, and that mother figure in their life was a, a holding force that held them together and brought them back. And I think it's just because of the time that a mom spends versus us as dads. We often kind of come and go. We're there and we need to have an influence in our roles as well. So this morning, I want to talk about hearing the voice of God. Sunday school lesson had the thought of having the mind of Christ. We think of that as maybe a little more of a passive experience, having the mind of Christ. We stick it in our minds. And we, we walk with that, and it influences us. But there seems to be a, a greater uh, intensity that the, the Lord would teach us to have, and that is to hear the voice of God. I invite you to John chapter 10. You'll read some verses here. Verse 24 through 39 to begin with. It says, Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods. And if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. The one thing I like about this passage of scripture, along with it talks about hearing the voice of the shepherd. But in verses 34 through about 36 there, Jesus makes a defense based on, I'm just going to call it an obscure passage of scripture. A seemingly insignificant secluded, perhaps, nothing is insignificant in the scripture, but you know, there's a lot of times we like to emphasize the context of a verse and say, well, to to get the meaning or or the real uh, thrust of a verse, we need to to know what the context is, but it it seems like um, context is not necessarily emphasized in what Jesus brought out here from Psalms 82. Let's go to Psalms 82 and just take a look here at the context. It's a short psalm, eight verses, the first four verses talk about our our duty to um, consider the poor and the fatherless, to do justice to the afflicted, to deliver them, and so on. And then verse 5, it says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. And then we come to the verse that Jesus quoted. I have said, ye are gods, and of all of you, and all of you are children of the Most High. So the ability of Jesus to, to go back and pick out and lift out a verse that, you know, was kind of in the middle of nowhere and make a point and make it as a, a defense I think it speaks to just as the power of the Word of God to be able to do that and and um, speak in specific ways that perhaps are not even part of that context but I wonder if one reason is verse 5 they know not neither will they understand if he was drawing their attention to the verse after that to if if their knowledge of scripture was such that they would think of that verse that came before that, because that pretty much describes who they were. They walk on in darkness. They do not understand. And it talks about all the foundations of the earth are out of course. So that thing of foundations, it, it speaks to a, a societal order, things that are based on Um, justice and truth and often those things come out of out of their place they collapse the authority the God-given authority of those systems um, it breaks down we see that in our world the foundations the things that are to remain because of righteousness and godly principles And in David's experience, Saul had abandoned those judgments concerning David. And so David, he was on the run for a while. He he ran. He had to escape. And he came to a place where he was resting. He was staying um, in a a particular area. And he said, I'm going to stay here until I know what God will do for me. He had a a spirit of expectancy waiting to hear from God. Well, the Jews, they wanted to hear from God. They thought they weren't hearing from from Jesus here in, in John chapter 10. They said, how long will you cause us to doubt? They were accusing Jesus of something that was their own problem, you could say. If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. How often do we see that spirit? of, of uh, we, we claim that, that, that God is not speaking to us plainly. We don't hear his voice. Well, maybe it has something to do with us and our ability to see and to hear. Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Three things. I know them. There's a recognition there. There's a mindfulness that Jesus gives to us. They follow me. That is a motivation we have. When we have... In our life, the following after Christ, we have direction. Out of that comes a, uh, a direction and a progression. When we are following, that insinuates that we are walking, we are traveling. God wants us to hear his voice. And earlier in this chapter, verse 3, So we'll back up a little bit. I think I'll read verses 1 through 4. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. He calleth them by name. I think we can look at that in the same sense that the Father knows us by name. We are not just a number. Jesus does not look at us as a number. But it is personal. The Christian life is a personal life. There is a connection there, a heart level connection that we are to Christ. I heard a, um, a quote or a little saying one time, it says, uh, it was trying to bring out the difference between Satan and Jesus, which of course there's a lot of difference there. But it said, um, Satan's, Satan's lie is that you are common and your sins are unique. In the sense that we think our sins are are special, we think our problems are, are special, and they in fact they're so special that we're just we have the right to indulge in them. But we're just common, we're just ordinary, you know, we're just kind of floating around out here. We're just commonplace, no special worth. That is Satan's lie. You are common. Your sins are special. Jesus says, no, you are special, and your sins are common. You are unique. I believe Jesus looks at us. He calls us by name. If he can call the stars by name, how much more his children? And so we have opposing voices coming toward us. Whose voice do we hear in this life? Whose voice do we follow? There's an importance that comes out in not just hearing the voice of God, but following the voice of the shepherd. It is in doing that, that that package of hearing and following, that I think stands guard against Uh, It shields us from deception. A stranger will they not follow? There's a lot of strange voices in the world. I think that is increasing. I think there will be false signs, false prophets, things that look and appear legitimate. It's important that we are rooted in the voice of God, and we can hear and recognize that voice in order to follow. And we follow because we don't want to miss out. If we see something worth following, it's because we want to be there. We see the advantages of following the shepherd. Because maybe we have doubts in our minds about where God is going to lead us. If we're too dedicated to following Christ, it's going to take us down roads. That's just going to be too hard for us. But Revelation 7, it talks about, it says, He shall lead them unto fountains, living fountains of water. Okay? Now, I know that's in the context of future. But I think it's it's not doing violence to say that in a sense when we're following the lord he's doing that here in this life he's living us leading us to the fountains of of water and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes well he does that even in our experiences in this life jeremiah two thirteen says for my people have committed two evils They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, I like the NIV of that verse. It says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns that cannot hold water. So the illustration there is, you know, the question again, where do we go for refreshment and renewal? Water is a picture of provision and even life itself. A picture of satisfaction. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul panteth after thee. I thought of a number of ways we hear the voice of God. And one is through nature. There's a song we sing, this is my father's world. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and around me rings the music of the spheres. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. And that song, it seems to be kind of a, uh, a nature lover's song outside, seeing the beauty of God's world, hearing all these sounds of nature. But I think there's a fuller sense in a, in a higher level that, that the writer of that hymn wanted to bring out that the, these sounds of nature, are, they aren't just meant to be pleasurable to us um, in the sense that it's better than, than the noise of traffic or the city. But I think the, um, the examples from nature and, and the things we see in nature it's not to show how great mother nature is because we can start worshiping the the created world instead of God. But I think it's to empower us and to um, make us understand that even as the father feeds the sparrows, it's to cause our minds to start thinking and tuning our hearts to the connection we have between God and ourselves. We don't, we don't worship nature now. There's a lot of things we see in nature, and I think it's okay to to let your imagination play out sometimes in the examples of hearing God in nature and letting nature illustrate some truths. It was a while back. We have in our backyard. We have uh, some deer that come out and and like to. Show themselves because they they got used to being around our house. We don't hunt and we don't shoot and we don't scare them away because we enjoy watching them. And um, a mother deer and her two uh, twins, I suppose. We watched them grow up and they got bigger and we enjoyed seeing them occasionally. But I noticed they were out in the in the yard um, acting a little friskier than usual. And there was something that, that I noticed about these deer that, that made me start thinking of, of how God works. Because the young deer, they were um, cavorting around. They would, they would just come to a stop and then take off and run away like they were scared. And at first I thought they were scared that something had triggered them and they were running away. And then I soon realized, no, they're, they're just playing. They're, they're having fun. And then I thought, you know, God is using that play, that activity of taking off and running, leaping. Maybe that's nature's way of preparing them for the real thing when they do have to run, when it's a danger and they take off. And so then I, I thought, well, out of that thought, I began to apply it to my life that Maybe God uses experiences and things in my life to prepare me for a greater greater things of more consequence to where I'm practicing now. And he brings experiences and we think we're playing. This is just some ordinary things where we we may be carrying out a duty, but God prepares us in that way. And so um, that's just an example of maybe the way God speaks to you. And it's not like my mind went through a big, long process. It just it sort of clicked there, um, making that connection between practicing and the real thing. Because later on in life, we may we may have to lean heavily on the things God has taught us and shown us in our experiences. Let nature speak to you the voice of God let it illustrate truth in our experience another way I thought of that we hear God is through fasting you know there was a word Jesus spoke while he was being tested in the wilderness when he was a hundred after 40 days of fasting he said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I find it interesting that in that verse, the emphasis was on the word of God. That emphasis was made in the context of him not eating, of him being very extremely hungry in that situation. You know, a lot could be said about fasting, That's a whole subject in itself. But as I look at the occasions of fasting in the Bible, there does seem to be a connection between fasting, depriving ourselves of, of legitimate things, but depriving ourselves to the point where we feel to the point of hunger that increases our sensitivity to hear the voice of God. I think there's a simple explanation for this. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, some things we can base on a simple fact. If we deprive ourselves in one area, we become more sensitive in other areas. I think is a, is a fair evaluation to make. You know, it works the other way around. If we deprive ourselves of the word of God, what happens? we begin to hear other things that want to enter in that come in more easily I think it's a fair thing to say that a blind person is going to be more sensitive to things they hear to touch they're going to be more sensitive it's going to open up a window to compensate for their lack of sight. And so I believe in the the same way, um, you know, there's probably a spiritual strength or avenue to that. But in a physical way, I think fasting is a way to, to begin to hear the word of God. And it takes on greater strength. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. And I think when he said, when I'm weak, that was in a, in a, in a physical way, when he felt the afflictions of his life, that is when he felt strong spiritually and became strong. Another thing about fasting is I believe it it indicates that we are serious with God. It communicates to God that we are serious about an issue. Let's turn to Acts 23 an example of this fasting here there's there's a couple different ways that fasting was utilized one was in a wrong way actually we see that in acts 23 12 through 13 Now, now you might think this is <laughs> this isn't really uh, fasting but it is a, it is a principle where, It said, there was a day certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. And they were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Notice they used that as a means to communicate that they were serious about what they were trying to do. The intensity of that desire to kill Paul, now that was a wrong desire. But, you know, the principle is still the same in, in, to some degree, I think, in, in how we can look at this thing of fasting, using it to hear the word of God. Esther 4. I want to show it at, at least a good way in which this came to pass, Esther 4, verse 16. Esther was in a a situation where she came to the realization that it's it's up to me, okay? Maybe we go through things like that. We we realize that we are, are here for such a time as this. That's where this expression comes from, the book of Esther. And so out of that, came the knowledge that she must appear before the king and enter into an avenue, a dark avenue where there was uncertainty. But there needed to be deliverance because this was the only way to overturn what the king had said or to correct the situation. And she told her, her friends, her, her people, verse 16, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye with me. Neither eat nor drink three days, day or night. I also and my maidens will fast likewise and so will I go in unto the king which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now maybe you say, Well, this what does this have to do with hearing the voice of God but in that situation she needed to hear from the king she had to have a meeting with the king she was contending for an intervention for deliverance and for that to happen there had to be some communication I think fasting is an example of how we are giving direct direction from God a tool you could say concerning things that in our life that are that are can be highly specific highly consequential in life and we desire an answer from God we desire to hear the voice of God and not just the voice of God but the power of God i had to think of ezekiel was commanded to speak to those bones. Hear the word of the Lord. O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Speak life to the breath. That is our calling, to speak life, to speak the power and the voice of God. Not that we just want to hear from God and keep it to ourselves, but often God wants us to show something through us to others. Another way God speaks is through our memory. you say, well, it's already part of my memory. He's already spoken me that word. But there's a verse in John 14:26 that says, "But the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. And I I look at that and I see the way that works. Is the Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance. In the manner of a word that is fitly spoken. We have that proverb. That our words, we we often apply that to us in our speech. That there's a word fitly spoken. is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. And we see that as our duty, but I also see it as a work of the Holy Spirit to bring to our mind that word that we have. Echoes from the past, things that the Lord has taught us in the past and we've forgotten, even his word itself, the Scripture. There's a duty we have to, to enhance that process by absorbing the Word of God. In other words, it's hard to remember something unless you already have it. To some extent, we need to file it away in our meditation because it's hard to remember everything and to, to bring it to our remembrance as only the Holy Spirit can do. So let us desire the spirit of God to bring those things to our remembrance. Spiritual advice on our behalf. Things to remember. Things to establish his word and his truth in our hearts. And he will take care of bringing that forth at the proper time. The recall factor, you could say. I've heard that in a person's mind and their heart. The things they've learned, it's, it's there. It's there. The problem is the recall process. That is where we falter. And so God is there to aid us in all of that, I believe. God speaks to us in many ways. Of course, he speaks to us. Through word, he speaks to us as we pray, as we communicate with him. I think in prayer, his His voice will come through. Our, our communication with God, sometimes we might see it as, as just a one-way thing while it's happening. Kind of like the old ways of communication with, with a CB radio or a two-way radio when one person was talking it was it was one way but i believe the communication with god through prayer is more like a telephone right we can talk and the other person can be talking at the same time god speaks through dreams visions prophecy signs and wonders Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 19. I bring this out because Peter brought it out from the Old Testament. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath fire and blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Peter says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. He's talking of an event that happened where there were people that were amazed and they looked at each other in doubt, saying, What meaneth this? Do our, do our events, our encounters with God, have it have any approach, anything near what the book of Acts was depicting there. You know, if, if Acts isn't part of the New Testament, uh, you know, I don't know what is, but, <clears throat> you know, in all these avenues in which the Lord wants to show himself to us, we, we hear from God in these ways. But I think it rests a lot on our part to contend for the Spirit of God, to create a habitation in our heart, in our being. Do we have an inviting, welcome place for the Spirit of God to inhabit our hearts and souls? Is he part of the reality of our experience? We have an example where the Lord revealed to Agabus... A word fitly spoken in season that there was going to be a famine. And concerning that thing, it said the brethren prepared provisions out of that situation. God brought together a a convergence, you could say, of of people, places and things by his spirit communicating with the people of of that day. And I say we need to operate in the Spirit of God. Look look at Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. There's just a a principle here that comes out. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to speak the word in Asia, what is this? It says the Holy Spirit forbade them to preach the word. That seems opposite of what the Great Commission is. But in a general way, we want to go out and, and preach the thing and, and do, baptize people and go into regions. But notice when you get into the specifics of this work, the, the Lord begins to show us things. In verse 7 it says, After they were come to Mysia, they are swayed to go into Bith- Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. You know, I see I see in that kind of a looseness in, in the way that the Spirit was working, a flexibility. I see itineraries getting turned upside down. Plans being made or changed on the go because they were operating in the Spirit. Now maybe... That is not part of of the way we like to operate. Maybe we like to have things spelled out. I would challenge us in that. Because even in that flexibility, I think the voice of God continues to sound forth and be heard by his people and demonstrated to give them direction, to give them guidance. The Spirit brings peace. There may, there may be times we're perturbed because a schedule got upset. Depending on our personality, some of us flow a little better in a, in a flexible um, manner of living. But the words of life to us from God, may we hear them, may we uh, uh, act upon them in the spirit. That is how God communicates in a lot of these different ways. He shows us what to do in so many regards. I think of the, the children of Israel there at the Red Sea. And the army of Pharaoh came chasing after them. This was after the 10th the plague. You, sh- you would think that 10th plague would have taken care of that problem. No, Pharaoh, he wanted one more try. It reminds me of what Revelation talks about in the in the Battle of Armageddon. But you know, that pillar of cloud by day, the fire by night, it had already begun to lead the people. They were starting to accept that as their guidance, their GPS. But when they got to the Red Sea, I noticed. Something happened. That army of Pharaoh came up and the pillar of cloud, it said, had been going before them. That was where they were used to seeing it. It went from before them and went behind them, between them and the enemy. And maybe they saw that as a difference, they thought, what's going on? Are we supposed to turn the other way? But God was showing them that Red Sea, which looked impossible. And by the cloud moving, it provided a shield, a separation between the camp of Pharaoh, the ungodly, and the righteous. And it said it gave light to the righteous, but it was darkness unto Pharaoh. But yet they still had that challenge of moving through the Red Sea. So let that be an encouragement to you. Just because the light has shifted, maybe it's coming to us at a different angle. Maybe the power, the presence of God has moved or we don't perceive it. Maybe there's a change in what God is, is wanting to show us in the events of our life. We still have that light. It may be coming to us in a different angle. Let's be sensitive to the light, to hear the, the voice of God. Let him speak to us in the varying situations of life.